Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. I'm Pastor Danny Deeth, and in our recent past, we have welcomed the newborn king into the world. We have watched as the shepherds and the angels and the magi all sought to put themselves into the presence of Christ. We do that today as we come together to worship and to celebrate and then seek to do that every day for the rest of our lives. Let's take this journey together. We are so glad you're here. Come on in. The first scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah. On this mountain, the word of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wine strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. This is the word of the Lord. The second scripture reading comes from Matthew 9, 9-13. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. Welcome, everyone. My name is Tripp Richards. I'm currently a senior at Central High School in Phoenix City, Alabama. And at the end of this year, I plan to attend Bevel State Community College on a baseball scholarship. Welcome. Now, welcome seems like a kind of a weird greeting for people 20 minutes into a service. You've already shaken one another's hands, said your hellos, said your good mornings like you do every Sunday service. But why? Why do we do this? How important could it really be? Now, if you're anything like me, you've asked these questions since you've been here. And the easy answer is, well, it's the polite thing to do. That's why we do it. But I don't believe the answer is so simple. Now, before I dive into why the word welcome is so important, I'd like you all to like look around for a second here. What do you see? What I see is a congregation so diverse. People of different backgrounds, ages, and races. Men, women, boys, and girls. All in this building on such a beautiful morning. All of these people here for one reason, to worship God. Despite their differences, every person here was greeted the exact same way with a handshake, a fist bump, a good morning, or a hello. Now I'd like to ask you a question. Has there ever been a time in your life where you have greeted somebody into a group despite their differences, or where you have been greeted into a group despite their differences? I can vividly recall a time in this church where that happened to me. Now I've never been to church before eighth grade, not at all. I knew nothing of the Bible. I knew I believed in God, never really knew why. Uh, but then one year, one year, my eighth grade year, on October, my grandmother, Miss Kitty Bell, she had came home from church one Sunday, and she had said to my mother, you know, I think church will start getting involved with the youth group. I think it'd be good for them. 
I was completely against this idea. I did not want to go meet new people. I was shy. I was nervous. I was not the type to go out at the time and go talk to new people that I'd never met before. I was even afraid to wave at people on the streets. I was not, I was not that type of kid at the time. But my mom did what all moms do, and she pushed me outside my comfort zone. She encouraged me to go and make new friends and go to youth group. She had said to me, you can try it this one time. If you like it, you can keep going. If you don't, you don't have to go anymore. So I complied, like all good sons do, and I decided to go. I put on my Sunday's best, as you would when you hear the words church, not knowing that a youth group is more casual than a Sunday service. I got in the car. We drove all the way here. I got out. We walked upstairs to the lodge, and she let me go. I walked in, and the first person to greet me was a young sixth grader. Now, being in eighth grade, I, the last thing I was expected was a younger person to come up and greet me. I expected the older seniors or the high schoolers to come talk to me. But no, it was a sixth grader. A sixth grader wearing shorts, a sweatshirt, and a backwards hat, which is far from what I was wearing. That sixth grader's name was Walker Bridges. And he came and he shook my hand, came, sat right next to me and said, hello, I'm Walker. You don't have to wear that. And I was like... <laughs> And, and that's, that was something so simple that Walker did that made all the difference. It, it sparked a relationship and a friendship that has lasted through these years. Most importantly, it gave me a reason to come back. It gave me, it gave me the urge to make new friendships. I can even recall a time where our church family welcomed Aaron so openly. Here we are, a bunch of people in Columbus, Georgia, and Phoenix City, Phoenix City Alabama, welcoming a northerner to come take care of our youth at our church. It's a great choice, by the way. I remember a time where the youth, me, Walker, and Abby, and Boone were going through confirmation together. We had to get up at 9 a.m., which might seem like easy, but not on a weekend for kids. Every Sunday, and we came up here, and we, we learned. Aaron led these classes. It was his first time. He just got here. He led these classes, and we gave him all the respect he deserved and earned. We let, him know, we let him know that he was listened to and that he was respected, and we welcomed him with open arms. And I'm sure he appreciated that just as much as we appreciate him. Now, if you can't think of a personal example of this happening to you, I can call on one from a classic movie that I think everyone should watch if they haven't already. One of my favorites, The Sandlot. For those who haven't seen the movie or might need a reminder, this movie revolves around a man named Scotty Smalls. A little boy who had moved from one town to another due to his stepfather's job. He had no friends in this town. See, Scotty was different from the other boys. He didn't want to play baseball or go look at cars and go to the store and stuff like that. He liked sitting in his room. He liked reading. He liked learning. He liked engineering and he liked science. Well, one day, Scotty's mother did what all moms do and pushed him outside of his comfort zone. She urged him to go out and meet the local boys, go have fun, go play baseball. So he did what good sons do and complied, and he had went to the field where they were playing baseball. There he had gotten a ball hit to him. He was running to go try to catch it. The ball hit him, and he fell, and that was that. The kids, some of the boys started making fun of him. They called him names. They urged him off the field, and for Scotty, that felt really bad. He did not want to go back. When he got home, he was tired of it. He did not want to go out and make new friends. He was completely discouraged. But I want to mention how I said some of the boys, because it wasn't all of them. There was, in fact, one named Benny the Jet Rodriguez, who later in the movie played professional baseball. So he had, met, he had showed up at Scotty's door the next day. 
He knocked on the door. Scotty answers, and he goes, would you like to come play some ball? Scotty's a little hesitant. He doesn't really know because he thinks they're ever going to come make fun of him, right? They thought they were going to make fun of him, call him names again like they did before. But Benny kept telling him to come. He kept enforcing the fact that he wanted him there. It kept encouraging him to go out and try to make new friends. So Benny welcomes him to the group. They get there, and immediately what Scotty feared happened. They made fun of him. They called him names. But luckily, Benny was there to step in. Benny put an end to that. He would not let them call him names. He stuck up for Scotty in such a tough time. Benny did more here than he thought he would do in the movie. This created a bridge between two groups of people that wasn't expected. It bridged Scotty to the rest of his friends, which allowed them to have great experiences and fun for the rest of the movie and the rest of the summer. Benny made a change in Small's life through the simple yet powerful act of welcoming. Now we can vividly see an example of Jesus doing just this thing in the Gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13, the Gospel writer talks about how Jesus called upon Matthew not only to become a disciple, but to host a dinner with Matthew's friends. Now this may seem like a harmless act to you guys, but if you know anything about Matthew, Matthew was a tax collector, and those weren't seen as good people in society. See, tax collectors were people who were hired by the Romans, and they would come in and they'd take money from their own people, and they'd give it to the Romans, and then a lot of times, they would take a nice cut of that money for themselves. Well, if you were friends with a tax collector, more than likely, you were also a tax collector. That's just how things worked. Well, the Pharisees see Jesus having this nice dinner and this nice food with these tax collectors and these sinners, and they say to his disciples, they say, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus hears, overhears this, he starts to get upset, rightfully so. He says, it is not healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now this is Jesus standing up to Matthew, to a group of people who are seen by society as perfect, godly, holy. That's who the Pharisees are. This is Jesus being like Benny the Jet Rodriguez and sticking up for Matthew and his friends. Jesus is able to overlook the differences in reputation and appearance between Matthew's and the tax collectors and himself. He understands the ridicule that comes with this decision he's making at this dinner. But more importantly, he's able to understand the fact that Matthew and his friends deserve God's love just like all of us in this room, just like the Pharisees and just like the disciples. Now in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah writes, on this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. Let's break down what this means in our own words. Now when I think about the shroud that enfolds all peoples or the sheet that covers all nations, I believe that sheet is hatred or bigotry. I believe it's hating or bullying others just for their unique differences. And at this feast with all peoples, and let me emphasize that one more, not just us, all peoples, is where God and Jesus conquered that hatred. And today we have a chance to have a similar feast. At a smaller scale, as you can see in front of me is the communion table. Today we will take part in communion. Communion is special because it provides an opportunity to have that feast, to have that table, to bring people of all different backgrounds, races, cultures, people with, that are all different 
and unite them through the breaking of bread and the remembrance that God loves each and every person so equally. Well, what are we supposed to do other than communion, you may ask? Do we just sit around and wait for that day to come where this feast is held? I do not believe so. Instead, I urge you today to go out and invite someone to dinner. Go invite someone to a movie. Go out and have that welcome table for people. Go out and be the Walker Bridges. Go out and be like Benny the Jet Rodriguez did in Scotty's life. Go out and be like Jesus. After all, this is no miracle that Jesus performs. It's not healing the blind or it's not rising from the grave after three days of being dead. This is something that everyone in this room can do today. Now, I must say, this may be the only time y'all will see me get up here and talk. I was very nervous, but this may be the only time I get up and you ever hear me speak. But I would like to end this very similar like I did when I started it. I'd like to end this with an enthusiastic and warm welcome.